Satnam, and welcome to another edition of Revealing the Diamond. I'm your host, Tiaga Prem Singh. want to give a shout out to our first sponsor, the Mighty Seed Pants Company. You can check them out at theseedstore.ca. They make hemp pants. They are sustainably grown in Canada. They are designed and sewn in Canada, um, and they are super stylish, super comfortable. You can wear them for kundalini yoga. You can wear them for rock climbing you can wear them for doing yoga you could wear them for skateboarding you could wear them for ha just hanging out you could wear them for moving furniture like i did just recently you could wear them for just about anything they look great they're good for the planet um, I can't say enough good things about seed. So thank you so much for the support um, in supporting this podcast. And if that's something that you'd like to do, you'd like to support this podcast. Uh, there are many ways to do it. You could get in touch with me, Tiago Prem at the Dharma temple.com. You could hit me up on Instagram at Tiago Prem, or you could get in touch through the Dharma temple, um, which also has an Instagram and a website. Um, or you could check out our Patreon just in the works here. Not quite quite set up but uh, in the next couple of weeks you loyal listeners will have the ability to go on patreon and become a regular supporter of this uh, work that we're doing so that we can continue to share with you and put more time and energy into this podcast so that you can have tiago prem sing in your pocket anywhere you go in your car oh you won't be able to get rid of me i'll just be everywhere you are and if that's valuable to you, uh, I would love it if you would support uh, this work in some way, just so that we can broaden our reach and extend sharing these teachings with the global Sangit. And I think that's it for, for uh, shout outs and intros. So without further ado, here is this episode. It is called The Mind of the Beginner, the Novice and the Master. We explore uh, what those minds are like. We explore the openness of a beginner, the striving of a novice, and then the return to openness as a master. We talk about receiving divine guidance. We talk about the challenges that come along with self-improvement. We talk about uh, a big influence on me early in my uh, walk on this path of meditation and spiritual living, the great Noah Levine. Uh, haven't had a chance to, to meet him in person, but I will tell you for sure that his book Dharma Punks is great because if it wasn't for his book Dharma Punks, I probably wouldn't be here doing what I'm doing. So thank you for that, Noah. I uh, hope to meet you someday. Um, and uh, yeah, you could check that book out if you haven't read it. It's a great book. Um, and we talk about the three groups of students. It's an interesting teaching uh, that I've acquired over the years and really resonates with me. And we talk, as per usual, about the importance of awareness. So here it is, folks. The minds of a beginner, a novice, and a master. Right here on Revealing the Diamond. So you heard about this concept in uh, like Buddhist thought, beginner's mind. What does that mean? Okay. Openness, right? It's like, I don't know anything about this, let's just see. Maybe I can do it. Like that kind of beginner's mind. And so, the beginner and the master are very similar. You know? So what separates them is, usually, is that the novice is striving. Trying to get somewhere. 
the beginner, a true beginner's mind is let's just see. I, I mean, I don't know if I can do this. Like I wa raising a child is cool because they have this part of them that knows and then they have this other part that's striving or like saying no all the time. No, 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 no. And then they say yes, like right after or something really confusing, right? But, but generally, the more you connect to the masterful part of you, the more you see that the beginner and the master are almost identical. Because there's nowhere to get. You just make yourself open and available. That's it. I've sat in the classroom with people who've been doing this practice for 50 years, and when the teacher tells them to do something, even if it's wrong, do you think they do it? They do. And they don't you know, make a big deal about it. They don't even mention it, really. But the novice sure mentions it. No, that was wrong. <laughs> don't you know that? You'll find out that, uh, if you haven't already, probably you have, because you're coming to a place like this, that arguing with people, even if they're wrong, usually don't do much. Isn't it true? You know, it doesn't mean you don't stand up for what's right. I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying arguing. Okay. Here's some scenarios. One time, I was hanging with a bunch of little kids out in front of... Uh, at a picnic table, we were having lunch. I was wearing my turban, a little kid, probably like three years old. I don't know him. He points up at me and he says, hey mom, look, a taxi driver. And the mom is like really horrified that he would say that. I'm not horrified by it, I think that's pretty observant, considering you live in Vancouver. And he's not horrified, but the mom's horrified. Who's the novice? You got it. Because there's nothing attached to it, to the kid. He's not like, it's not good or bad. It's an observation. Okay. Here's another interesting thing. I'm in uh, Mexico in a big uh, Catholic church. And everybody's going through the routines and rituals. And then these little kids, street kids, come running in and they start splashing each other with the holy water, having a great time. And they get ushered out of the church. And people are like, oh, like turning their nose up at them. Which one is the master and which one is the novice? You know, you see the pattern, right? Or there's this story about a, a great spiritual teacher, or well, revered as a great spiritual teacher, and he lives across the street from a, a sex worker. And he's doing a, his prayers and he's doing all the rituals and routines. And whenever she's around, uh, he is sort of like feels pity or judgment for her. Okay? And uh, he passes away and has an opportunity to meet the Lord of Dharma. And he goes to the Lord of Dharma and Lord of Dharma says, you have to go back down to earth, you have more work to do. And he's like, what do you mean? I did all the things. I did what the teacher said. I got up at the right time. I learned all the prayers. I kept all the vows. Why do I have to go back? And he said, well, it's just the way it is. If you don't understand, that's the reason you have to go back. 
He says, well, can you show me somebody who, if they were to die today, wouldn't have to go back? And, he, and the Lord Dharma says, sure. And he reveals the sex worker from across the street. And the holy teacher is like, uh, what? <laughs> and the Lord of Dharma says, observe this. And he plays back some of the experiences that they had. And when the holy teacher would walk by, the sex worker would put her hands in prayer and bless him for doing his prayers. And she would say, I, someday I'm going to have the time to dedicate my life to being spiritual. And that was it. But the prayer was so sincere, that's all it took for her to become awakened. Have you ever heard that story before? It's a good story. You can't tell a master just by the way they look. You can't, also I wouldn't recommend to judge any kind of practice by what it appears to be. What I would do is I would go, <coughs> start the day like this. Show me what to do. Place me, you know, thank you that I'm awake and alive. Now show me where to go. And then be open. My friend Tanya, she's not here now, but she has this great saying in, in the community where she says, you may not get to choose how you heal in this life. It's a good teaching. You know, because if you think I'm going to choose based on my preference how I'm going to heal in this life, you'd already be healed. It's like Alan Watts talks about the self-improvement. He's like, Self-improvement is kind of a funny thing because if the self is improving the self and the self knows how to improve the self, wouldn't you be improved already? Walk around and think about that for a while, you know. But just ask the infinite to guide you. And try and leave any of your judgments or expectations alone because it's really easy to be judgmental. And it's also really easy to think that other people are judging you. You ever heard of Noah Levine before? He's a Buddhist teacher in the United States. He's covered in tattoos from his head to his toes. He was incarcerated as a youth, was in a lot of trouble. He started practicing meditation, and it was his dream to someday meet the Dalai Lama. Okay? And he got the opportunity. And he was so worried that this great master that he revered was going to judge him on his appearance. He said he couldn't even sleep the night before he met him. He was all worked up. Do you all do that? Did anybody stay up through the night with the full moon last night? <laughs> that happens, right? So, so he got all worked up. He goes, he stands in line to receive a blessing from His Holiness. And you can call him whatever you like. I call him that. And he goes to the front and he puts his hands out to receive a blessing. And you know what the Dalai Lama says to him first thing? He looks at his arms and he goes, very colorful. And that's it. That's all he said. And he stayed up all night worried about it. It's like, dude, you're going to bow to some master? You think he's going to judge you based on your tattoos? How could he be a master? That's ridiculous. But we do it, don't we? Make yourself open, make yourself available. And there are, in relationship to beginners and masters and novice students, there are three groups of students. 
in, the, in, in yoga, in my experience, I've found this to be true. And, and the group C, we'll call them groups A, B, and C, the group C students always complain. Oh, you know, it's too hard, and this person, I don't like that teacher, and I don't like this, and I don't like the music, and I don't like the way they say, and I, but they keep going to practice. And then they need a teacher who is in the same group. So they have each other as a natural order. Then there's group B. Think about it like this. Group C is like this. Group B is like this. That's much bigger, isn't it? And group B is sometimes they're pretty dedicated. Sometimes they complain. Sometimes they're dedicated. They find it challenging to keep up, but there are moments of clarity. Everybody's experienced being in that place. And what kind of teacher do they need? Same. Same. And then there's group A, and it's like this. This little tiny space. And those students understand one thing very clearly. And you know how they understand? They pass through all this. C and B. And when they're in this place of the committed devotional student, what stops happening for the most part is all the talking. I like this, I don't like that, blah, 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 blah. They start to understand that what Nanak said is only through deep listening can pain and error be dissolved. That's hard to do. Because we are raised in a society that says your opinion is very important. The only challenge with that is an opinion usually denotes duality. And what happens in duality, somebody's got to win and somebody's got to... But to be in this group, you have to understand what the masters taught. And that is, no one is higher and no one is lower. I don't mean intellectually understand. I mean experientially understand. The only way to understand that is through the experience. The only way to understand that is to make yourself open. And believe me, I'm not sitting up here saying, you must be in group A, because I spent a good 18 years of my life in group C and B, and I feel like I'm just tasting what A is. And you know what it is? It's when I'm listening to my teacher tell me about something, I listen. I try not to think. Even if I disagree with them, I listen. I just listen. Same with my partner. Even if I disagree with what she's saying, I listen. Same with my daughter. Even if I disagree, you know. That's hard. Because I have so many opinions. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like uh, the Tao Te Ching, it says, he who uh, speaks does not know, and he who knows does not speak. So I have to reflect on that and then come up here and teach a class. <laughs> That's a hard way to live. But through repetition, I've learned that if you could get your thoughts out of the way just for a little moment, 
and, and really make yourself like this. Show me what to do. Not your thoughts. Something beyond that. Make yourself open. And this practice is great for it. That's why I do it. That's why I teach it. Make yourself open. You will know where to place yourself. And it won't make sense to everybody. Probably, especially your family. <laughs> but you have to make yourself empty. Like a beginner. You know, the, the, the story about the Zen monk who is very uh, dedicated to his practice. And then there's the intellectual scholar who knows everything about Zen. But, you know, he drinks wine and just does his thing. But he could quote anything. But his practice is nil, nothing. But he knows all the facts. And he goes and he gets his chance to sit with this great master that everyone reveres and he's so excited and he's got his list of questions and his thinking and he goes to the Zen master and he says sit down we'll have tea and he puts the tea out and prepares the tea the Zen master and he says hold your bowl out and so he puts his bowl and then he just goes like this keeps pouring 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 pouring, the tea's pouring out all over the table, it's pouring out onto his lap, because he's a logical person, he's like, oh my god how could you do, you know overreact, and the Zen master says just like this teacup, you came here to learn about Zen with a full cup, how can I teach you anything and he get the lesson you see that the, the Beginner and the master are very similar. But there is a process of being a novice. You have to go through it. You know, it takes a thousand doors to open the one of enlightenment. Have you heard that saying? It takes a thousand doors to open the door of enlightenment. So you could be on door 476. So you're going to experience novice. Same with me. We're all going to experience it. But we're going to have opportunities while we go through that to listen. And it's beyond thought. And that's a difficult thing to understand by thinking. It's like they say in Zen that to understand the true self through thinking is like trying to bite your own teeth. Try it. <laughs> but we want to do that. And the great thing about Kundalini Yoga is that we have techniques to deal with that yahoo inside of your head that thinks it knows. There's a part behind that that does know, but it's a quiet voice. It doesn't need to be right. It doesn't speak in the language of should. You know, he should really. It's not necessary. Should we try it out? Thanks again for listening to Revealing the Diamond. If you love the work that we do, please rate us and review us on whatever platform you're listening on. Also, to get in touch, Tiagapram at the Dharma Temple.com for email inquiries for one on one work, for sponsorship, uh, or for bookings. You can also get in touch via Instagram at Tiagapram or at the Dharma Temple. 
Thanks again. Stay blessed. Satnam.